Welcome to the Sound Play Podcast. Oh my god, yeah! Holy sh! I'm having fun recording my voice, yeah! Uh, welcome to the Sound Play Podcast. That was me uh, trying to sing, for better or for worse, whether you wanted to hear it or not. Um, today we have a great piece called grandfather clock done by our very own Gina and after that we're gonna have a little special surprise that you have to stay tuned for I like to keep things a little surprising you know oh like that perfect example did you expect that no is a surprise always a good thing no but it's not gonna stop me so without further ado let's listen Time is an essential concept within all of our lives. Time serves as an indicator when we eat, sleep, socialize, work, and even when our lives have come to an end. Today we'll begin a chance to hear from the oldest teller of time himself, the grandfather clock. <clears throat> Herself. Oh, you sound... Female? That's because I am. Grandfather clock is just a name. Don't be sexist. This isn't the year I was invented. My apologies, ma'am. How about you start off by telling us a bit about yourself? Alright, sure. I'm a seven-foot-tall wooden clock. I'm one of the oldest types of clocks that can be found in a household nowadays, and I'm proud to say that I actually just passed my 165th birthday. Oh, wow. So that means you were built in the 1800s? That's right. 1865 to be exact. I used to belong to a royal Victorian-era family back in the day, but I've seen many, many other households and even some antique shops within my time. Hmm. That's really cool. I've always loved antique shops. What was it like to live in one? Honestly, it was pretty boring. It was cool, of course, to look at all the knickknacks and beautiful pieces of furniture and art such as myself, but it was just the same thing every day. Customers would come into the store to browse, but it was rare for a customer to actually purchase any antiques. If they did, it was usually just a small decoration for their home or a piece of furniture that's still popular today, like a table or a chair. The rest of us just sat around collecting dust. I sat in the same spot in my last antique shop for 20 years before my current human bought me. But it's a miracle that she did. She's a wonderful older woman who dusts and cleans me all the time. I'm like the prized possession of that household. It feels really great to be appreciated like that again. That's amazing. Now, since you are all about the concept of time, I have to ask, what are some changes that have surprised you as time has passed in this world? Well, almost everything new is surprising for me. The new music I hear nowadays blasting from the cars of teens as they speed by my house is definitely interesting compared to the classical styles I remember from my youth. Very experimental. 
and the way people dress now is far less modest than what used to be considered appropriate back in my day. But what's surprised me the most is the fact that I've lost all of my popularity. It's infuriating. I mean, it's cool to be looked at as vintage and, and antique, but nowadays people tend to just buy those silly digital clocks and completely ignore me because I'm too expensive or too high maintenance. Ugh. And some don't even own clocks. They just depend on the built-in ones on their electronics. It's insane. Huh. I've never really thought about how original objects must feel about all the new and improved upgrades and advancements that stem from them. You think I'm suffering? You should do your next interview with a typewriter and see what they have to say. Well, look at the bright side. It's said that the oldest minds are the wisest and you're older than any of those digital clocks or smartphones. There must be so much knowledge that you've gained within your 165 years of living. Is there any wisdom that you'd like to share with our audience today? Well, the most significant thing I've learned, not only by being a clock, but also just by observing the world around me, is that time is extremely valuable especially for humans who are only granted a limited amount of it. Time is worth more than any amount of money or any materialistic item. Could you expand upon that? Well, all of us are guaranteed an end to our lives. Humans will pass on, my wood will eventually decay someday, this microphone that I'm speaking into right now will eventually break and need to be replaced. Everything is bound to come to an end after however much time it takes. That seems like a pretty pessimistic outlook to have. I mean, isn't it the truth? It's not a pessimistic outlook, it's a realistic one. And you can either see realism in a negative way or a positive way. Maybe you're the one being pessimistic. Well, how could our inevitable deaths possibly look, be looked at in a positive way? Because a definitive end to our lives makes them that much more extraordinary. It makes every day count and it drives us to live each of those days to their fullest. If we all live forever, life itself would lose its significance. I mean, I'm a clock. I sit around observing the world around me all day. I've watched humans waste so much time over ridiculous and petty things over all these years, and then they were gone, and off I went to the next antique shop. A lot of the problems I heard these humans waste time complaining about every day never seemed to have gotten resolved by the time they passed on. Some problems just can't be resolved, and that should be okay. Instead of wasting crucial moments of our lives being upset or holding grudges or dwelling over things that we can't do anything about, we should just be thankful for the time we're given and do everything we can to make that time worthwhile. Wow. That's actually a really wise and inspiring way to look at things. Thank you. I think if more people had the mindset that time is the most valuable thing in any of our lives, then a lot of positive change would come about. Not just in people's individual lives, but in whole societies. Oh, <laughs> sorry. That, uh, happens every hour. <laughs> that's okay. That means our time is up anyways. But I completely agree with what you said about time being so important not to waste. That's a great note to end on. Thank you so much for your time today, ma'am. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in once again. This has been another episode of Everything is Alive. Tune in next week. <laughs> Maybe I really will reach out to that typewriter. Hey man, how was your day? My day's been fantastic. Um, there's nothing better than starting it out making breakfast for the love of your life, you know? Yeah, hey, what did you make today? Uh, I made, um, 
homemade eggs with a veggie medley. Some of mommy's own cinna- cinnamon buns she gave to me very recently. Hey, tell, tell us about how we didn't have a can opener. Oh, yo, so here's the thing, dude. They, didn't, they don't say on the package that you're supposed to open it with a can opener. Like the cinnamon bun little tin. I thought you could just knife that, you know? But uh, we had to take a take a trip to CVS in our in our jam jams, unshowered, smelly, gross. But CVS still delivered. That's not a that's not a product placement. That's just they carry they carry can openers. And then I yeah then I just went to the store to get some um yeah get some products. So. Would you mind specifying the products that you just that received? <laughs> so yeah, there's this there's this place that uh, sells um uh you know what basil is you know basil right the basil it's legal right it's legal yeah so yeah it's a uh, legal basil. All right, let's let's get into the next story. That was my day. Yeah, that was that was his day. Uh, a quick round of applause. Story number two. Golf. It's coming right up. Now, if you know anything about Salem, I'm willing to bet you know something about witches. Around here, around Salem, what we do in this city is, let's say someone comes up on you, and they're, they're not liking your sauce, you know? You're eating a salad, Caesar dressing on top. Someone comes up and they say, hey... I'm not liking that. You tell them. Well, you take a step back. Look them straight in the eye. Pull out your wand or a pen or a pencil. And you say, I'm 100% that witch. Lucy, too, is going to tell us more about witches, Salem, all that stuff, business. You name it, we got it. Let's go. Okay, the recording has begun. So, hi, I am Carla Lynn Hall from the Marie Lizzo, uh page on Instagram and other places, and this is the Own Your Power Masterclass. Carla Lynn Hall, also known as Aunt Carla, is a witch and a magical educator, a teacher of witches. Her Own Your Power Masterclass begins with a key question that about 8,000 followers on her various social media platforms come to her for help in answering. What is magic? Anyone have a have a definition of what they think magic is? The energy that flows through you from the universe. Yes. Yes. I like that. Over the last year, Aunt Carla has carved out a social media presence, a community, and even a business, all under the heading of Marie Lizzo. That's Marie L-I-Z-Z-E-A-U. And keep that name in the back of your mind because it's significant. But let's set the scene a bit. Most avid social media users, particularly lovers of Instagram, are probably familiar with a common seasonal phenomenon. Right around September, your social media platform of choice is likely flooded, to some degree, with ads styled in the so-called witch aesthetic. Think cats curled up in limited edition fleece blankets or a set of tarot cards from an online boutique's autumn collection. But the Instagram witch aesthetic actually blooms year-round with witches sharing their magical practices, mood boards, runes, and more. Aunt Carla found her way to Witchstagram back in 2016 or so. 
As a practiced witch, she soon began to feel that she wanted to do more than simply like and comment on other witches' posts. I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. And, and also at the time, the people that I saw at the beginning, it wasn't necessarily people that looked like me. Carla is a black woman, and Witchstagram presents as a predominantly white space. Many of the most popular Witchstagrams are run by white women, until last year, when Carla's Marie Lizot persona arrived on the scene. Marie Lizot is the product of an unlikely combination. Rapper Lizzo's 2019 hit, Truth Hurts. Ooh, I just took a DNA test, turns out I'm a hundred percent that bitch. And the 1993 Disney movie, Hocus Pocus. We must find the book, brew the potion, and suck the lives out of the children of Salem before sunrise. About August sometime, I had started seeing t-shirts for Halloween. And the t-shirt said, um, it had like the Sanderson sisters or like their silhouettes. And it said 100% that witch. However, right. I've never seen this movie. This movie has never called me. And frankly, I'm not really interested in wearing a, I, I'm like, don't they have any black witches anywhere? I'm like, Carla decided to take things into her own hands. If she couldn't buy the t-shirt she wanted, she would make it and feature her own choice of a black witch. And then I remembered Marie Laveau, the voodoo queen. Marie Laveau, the voodoo queen of New Orleans, is a name you may be familiar with if you saw Angela Bassett's portrayal of a fictionalized, bloodthirsty, exactly who I am and what I'm capable of, zombie-raising version of the real woman on the 2013 TV show. American Horror Story, Coven. You're supposed to be ridding me of my enemies. Instead, they're mouthier than ever, showing up on my doorstep, disrespecting me. But the real Marie Laveau wasn't as dangerous and dark. The real Marie Laveau, she did things like, uh, she did a lot of work in the prisons, like she would visit mm -hmm. prisoners. She would also do a lot of healing work for people. On September 10th, 2019, in honor of Marie Laveau's 218th birthday, Aunt Carla launched her t-shirt design featuring Laveau's portrait, and everything began to change. It was like, now people know I'm a witch. Wow, okay. I'm pretty much putting my, myself out there. Like, I'm, I, if I was in the, out, in the broom closet, I'm no longer there. Yep, she said, in the broom closet. I didn't make that up. I, you know, but it's, it's a thing where there's a lot, of, a lot of witches or a lot of baby witches, new witches, beginning witches, aspiring witches, whatever they want to call themselves. They aren't comfortable saying who they are they're not they're not comfortable having an instagram page that is about witchcraft it's these aspiring witches who began to flock to carla's social media in the wake of her successful t-shirt launch people would ask me oh do you do readings and i'm like no and i'm like what kind of reading for me like on her witchstagram page carla was doing things like unboxing videos of magical supplies she'd gotten i, I can't help myself like i said i'm a teacher like when i learn stuff I can't help but want to bring it back and, and share it with other people. So fast forward to the lockdown. Breaking news tonight, the coronavirus forcing millions more Americans. In March of 2020, lockdown, when New York State began to close down in the face of the COVID-19 pandemic, Carla found herself at the end of a temping job with a lot of time on her hands. Fortunately, she had a project in mind. Someone called it Sunday School. And I'm like, oh my God, this is great. Yeah, this is Sunday School. Every Sunday since March 15th, 
Carla has held either a Zoom-based masterclass or a live social media stream about witchcraft and magical practice. The first one was called Own Your Power, the lesson she begins by asking her students for their definition of magic. The energy that flows through you from the universe. Yes. Yes. I like that. Since then... Carla has found that her products and the content of her Witchstagram posts, as well as her classes, have built up a larger audience with each passing week. She has drawn in a crowd whose experiences resonate with her own. But what was most important was that this Instagram feed became very focused on Black witchcraft, witchcraft um, performed by uh, witches of color. Marie... Lizzo started as a t-shirt brand, but it ended up becoming a place for witches of color to come together, to meet each other, to learn about our history. Carla's foundational experience of magic is rooted in the magical practice of hoodoo, a folk magic tradition that is primarily credited to enslaved Africans in the Americas and practiced most frequently today by their descendants but that isn't what she teaches. She has an expansive and impressive breadth of magical knowledge. That's what she uses to build her lessons, which cover everything from spiritual baths to moon magic to herbal correspondences, and even the basics of psychology and metaphysics, so that her students of all experiences and backgrounds have a point of access. Everything that I'm teaching is totally open and inclusive to everyone. And, and that's that's the way I like magic to be. After the murder of George Floyd sparked protests and uprisings in support of Black Lives Matter across the country, Carla found that her social media was flooded with updates and emotions across the spectrum. Anger, sorrow, grief, exhaustion, as many members of the Witchstagram community reacted to the news. But imagine being a Black person and you can't help but hear about it. This could be your friend, this could be your cousin. This is story, everyone knows someone who knows someone who knows someone who has been taken down by, by the police, you know, in some kind of brutality incident. Carla, now equipped with a platform and an audience, has since worked hard to find appropriate ways to respond and lead others to make those discoveries for themselves. She's hosted virtual community rituals for justice, unity, peace, and protection, fostered with magic. And she's also created another shirt, which she refers to as a walking spell, and which says simply, hex racism. You know, there's some people wanted to put out good energy, and some people want to hex racism. Well, you know, get in where you can fit in. There's room for all of that. So that ended up being like, a, you know, another form of, of magical social justice. This is the Own Your Power Masterclass. To own your power is to be confident that you can create change in this world, and but most definitely within yourself. Ooh, I just took a DNA test, turns out. For WMWM 91.7 and the Soundplay podcast in Salem, Massachusetts, I'm Lucy Too. I don't have much else to say today. I'm a little tired, actually. So I think I might just call this one early and send you off into the galaxy like a shining beacon of light, like a, like a pod of pure discovery. And I hope that you find exactly what you're looking for today.
because it's all around us, it's within us and without us. Um, my name is and this has been the Soundplay Podcast. <laughs>